The following is a production of Art Trap Productions, brought to you by the Gallifreyan Embassy and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This episode brought to you by Pachak Supporting Subscribers. Go to arttrap.com slash Pachak Supporter to become a supporting subscriber. Support the show and get extra content and other bonuses. This episode brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Pachak. Over 85,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. This episode also supported by the Pachak Podcast Companion app for the iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch, now in the iTunes App Store. Clear all the tangerines up. Pick them up, all of them, Ian. You know no one really likes the tangerines, don't you? How dare you! That's my signature gift. That and the walnut. Down here, boys. Come on. Let's go. Uh, sir, we've been seen. Hello. 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 (laughs) Hello, human. You can't call a human. It's not racist. They don't mind. Not sharp, both of you. Oh, sorry about this, girl. We we are just three passing, perfectly ordinary roof people doing some emergency roof things. Carry on, Merry Christmas. If it, if it is Christmas, I mean, <laughs> I don't much care for things like that myself. I mean. Christmas. <laughs> Are you? Santa Claus. Me? No. Oh, no. It's just it's ridiculous. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Live from the North Pole, it's Doctor Who, Podshock. Gallifreyan Embassy presents Doctor Who Podshock, episode 320-320. This is Louis Trapani, and joining me on this show, well, joining me shortly on this show, will be other, none other than Dave A.C. Cooper. All right, well, it's uh, the 28th of December. Uh, 2014. This will be the last year that we're uh, the last <laughs> the last show of this year, rather that we are uh, recording a live show. Um, we were. Uh, uh, my intention was to have a uh, studio show out before this live show, but unfortunately, um, I picked up some sort of bug, some sort of uh, virus that um, really had. Um, I was under the weather for the last couple of weeks, so I um, if. I was saying before the live show, before we began recording, that if we if this was scheduled for last week, I would have to cancel and postpone the live show. Uh, but luckily, I'm feeling better now. And um, you know, this you know between the holidays, uh, there was also a, a, unfortunately a, a death um, uh, in in the neighborhood. A neighbor had uh, uh, passed away, so it's just been one of those. Uh, 
hectic times, and I really had intended on getting a uh, studio episode out that had all the feedback that we have um, collected over the past uh, few months during our live shows, doing live reviews. So we'll get that out um, probably after the new year now that um, we're at the cusp of the new year. So uh, I hope everyone is having uh, an enjoyable holiday season. Uh, hopefully the weather's good for you. I know it's uh, before the holidays. It was uh, we've been we were, uh, at least in the states we were getting battered with large storms on each coast. And um, but um, right now the weather has been fairly mild here, and but that's about to change soon. So uh, I was just reading some sort of. Uh, it was uh, some cartoon on Facebook or whatever. Said, "Okay, Christmas is over. Let's. Uh, I'm I'm all set for summer now. And that's basically how I feel. Let's just like fast forward to uh, to uh, spring and summer now. I can I could do without all that shoveling of snow. But I'm sure you're not listening to hear our weather report. This is Doctor Who Podchuck, and um, as always, we're here to talk about Doctor Who." And being that this is uh, December 28th, you can guess what Doctor Who we're going to be talking about right now is the annual Christmas special. And this year it was called the last, it was just called Last Christmas. And we're going to be reviewing that shortly. And um, as far as um, Doctor Who news, it's, it's usually this time of the year there's not a lot of news to talk about. But um, th- there is one news item that does relate directly to. Uh, to the Christmas special, I mean, outside of the viewing figures, and, and we'll get to that in a minute. I think this news might be a spoiler alert for those that haven't seen the Christmas special that still have the lingering question mark on whether or not Clara was, uh, you know, that Jenna Coleman, who plays Clara Oswald, would be um, would be leaving or not in, um, in the Christmas special. So... Uh, so I, I'll sound the spoiler alert if you don't, because this news item would, is going to answer that question. If, and if you rather have this Christmas special answer and you haven't seen it yet, then you know um, <laughs> you might, might you might want to just hold off and listen to this podcast because obviously we're going to be reviewing the Christmas special and uh, spoilers will be there. And this news story that I'm about to say would be um, spoilery if you consider that a spoiler. So if you did see the Christmas special, you know that. Uh, at the end of it, Jenna, well, Clara decides to continue with the Doctor, though we're, we're going to get to it in our view. But th- there is something in that ending scene that, that makes you uh, that. Well, anyway, I'm not going to get into it now, but we'll get into that in a bit. But there's a uh, but as it is, uh, Jenna Coleman has announced that she will be um, staying around for all of next series. And uh, I think um uh, Steve Stephen Moffat had confirmed that as well that she'll be um, in for the whole of next series. So, um, so we yeah, have another year of Clara Oswald um, as the companion. So, uh, and getting back to the viewing figures, as I had mentioned it. Oh yeah, Kyle had mentioned Kyle in chat. By the way, we do have a live chat going on at this time, and Kyle had mentioned that this is going to this will make her the longest running companion uh, since the series has come back. So, I think um, you know uh, there's been a few articles this past um, few months, you know, saying that that she, you know she's uh, if she does continue, that would that would happen. So yeah, pretty interesting. Getting to the, the the figures, the overnight figures for the 
for last Christmas, the Overnight UK figures. And again, uh, hats off to Kyle for uh, for supplying me with these with these numbers. Uh, for last Christmas, was uh, this overnight ratings uh, in the UK was six point three four million. So uh, six million, well, almost six and a quarter, well, more than six. Uh, Six point three four million uh, is the viewing figures, which uh, is down from last year. Though last year, I think you know, is a unfair comparison because it was uh, the fiftieth anniversary, and um, you had this uh, continuing. Uh, you had you know, blank of the doctor saga, if you will. There was uh, we had day of the doctor, uh, night of the doctor, and then the Christmas special was time of the doctor. So I think a lot of people were. Uh, Tuning in to see how how things uh, trans you know transform and, and when I say transform is the operative word because uh, you know uh, Matt Smith was going to be transforming transforming into Peter Capaldi in that episode so um, so last year's time of the Doctor overnight was eight point three million so that's a two million difference but I think um, you know as I said I, th- I think there's it's it was. It may be. It may be an unfair comparison, you know, since um, it was that trilogy of, uh, you know, or, or not even a trilogy because there was also, uh, um, what was it? That the series finale was a, uh, before that was something of the Doctor. <laughs> so there were there were lots of, um, lots of questions that needed to be answered. Name of the Doctor. Thank you. Thanks, Kyle. All right. Well, we're going to um, – I think that's really it as far uh, – yeah, there's Name of the Doctor. Thanks again, Kyle. Name of the Doctor, Day of the Doctor, The Night of the Doctor, which was a uh, – unaf- well, a, not a television episode, but a web or internet episode, and then Time of the uh, – mini episode. And then there was Time of the Doctor, which was the Christmas special and that was that sort of introduced uh, the twelfth Doctor at the end. So, and we've come for all circle with another Christmas special. I gave a spoiler alert before, and I'll we'll give one here before we get into our review. Spoilers! Spoilers again! Spoilers! 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 Spoilers. Spoiler. Spoilers. Spoilers. All right, so spoilers ahead. Spoilers. Okay, so uh, the last Christmas, which is this year's Christmas special. Now, every year since the series has come back, there's been a Christmas special. You may argue, well, there was none for Christopher Eccleston. Well, actually... Uh, there probably it wasn't during Christmas time, but there was a Christmas theme episode, um, which um, with Charles Dickens, and uh, so I always consider that his Christmas special. So yeah, uh, you know, I guess you know, as far as Christmas time itself was, the Christmas invasion was with uh, the Tenth Doctor um, started it, and then we've had um, every year we had a Christmas special. Um, a Doctor Who Christmas special. And uh, this year is no different. It's, um, yeah, this is the, um, it's, again, it's called Last Christmas. It's uh, written by Stephen Moffat, directed by uh, Paul Wilmhurst. And it uh, has an interesting cast. 
you know, outside of Peter Capaldi returning as the 12th Doctor and Jenna Coleman as Clara Oswald, who, uh, you know, at, at the end of the last episode, we weren't sure whether or not she would be returning, though there were um, the children in need had a clip from this episode which confirmed that she was in it. So we, we all knew then um, that she was in it. Uh, it also has um, Samuel Anderson returning as Danny Pink, which... You know, I, I figured he would be returning in some manner or respect, uh, you know, on um, in Doctor Who. And the way they did it in this episode was interesting, and I think it worked. Uh, but other interesting cast members uh, include Dan Starkey, who, uh, who plays Ian, one of the elves. But you may know him more, um, or you, you may recognize him with makeup. Instead of uh, instead of just the ears, as he's has as far as makeup goes in this episode, um, he's usually donning a lot more makeup, uh, playing um, the the I guess friendly Santaran, if you like, um, Strax. So, but here they had given him a chance to uh, to uh, show his face, and I think he did a great job in it. Uh, his companion is uh, Nathan McMillan, who plays the wolf. Um, another elf. So they played some comic. They, the, between the two of them, they supplied some comic relief, uh, along with uh, Nick Frost playing Santa, appropriately named Nick Frost, I should say. Oh, Dave! Dave is uh, Dave is with us. So let's get Dave on board before I progress. I progress further on. Hey, Dave! Welcome. Hi, Lewis. I uh, didn't uh, need to interrupt your flow of thought, but uh, thank you very much. Apologies for arriving late. Um, we had a little bit of a technical issue, and uh, I had to close out the show for Ian. He, 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 he'd lost hosting control. So, um, anyway, we don't need that on audio. Um, I'm ready and bursting and willing and ready to go. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad to have you with us. Um... In fact... In fact, I'm not bursting because I went just before I came on this show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm glad you did. So, uh, but I, I hope um, <laughs> I hope you had you're having a good holiday, and um, I hope all is well. I hope uh, Nick Frost treated you well, and he did indeed. Good, good. So, uh, yeah, I was just basically just starting the review of. Um, of last Christmas, so I was just running. I'm not sure how long you were, uh, because there's only so many things I could have on my screen at once. So I'm not sure when you arrived, but uh, I just happened to uh, check, and you, there you were while I was talking. So, um, but yeah, I was just going through some of the guest cast. So uh, I had mentioned Dan Starkey um, um, playing um, playing. Speaking of Ian, playing a different Ian, the Elf Ian, and who uh, we usually know him as Strax, and um, also. Uh, Speaking of uh, Santa Claus, uh, Nick Frost uh, plays uh, Santa Claus in, in this episode. Uh, another interesting bit of casting is uh, Michael Troughton, the son of Patrick Troughton, uh, plays um, Professor Albert Smith in this story. And, um, you know, we should also make a mention that uh, Michael Troughton's uh, brother, uh, I believe it's... Uh, David Troughton? David, it's David. I, I I thought it I thought it was David when I first saw him. I thought it was David from Midnight. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, well, he was also in War Games and Curse of Paladin as well, and then he was more, more recently in uh, in the episode Midnight, which is a tenth Doctor story. Indeed. 
So it's really interesting seeing when um, seeing Michael Troughton because I think his eyes, you know, um, his eyes and eye and brow and all that reminds me so much of his father, and even sometimes his voice. You know, I hear his father in his voice at times. So uh, anyway, so it was a nice treat having him on board, having him playing and um, you know being cast in the story here. Uh, not not to belittle the other cast members, uh, th- those are just some. Um, Tet poles of casting I wanted to point out, but there was uh, also in this episode is Faye, Faye Marseille, who plays uh, Shauna McCalla, uh, Natalie uh, Grimade, Grimade. I'm, I'm sorry if I'm if I'm really if I'm doing a good number on these names. I apologize. Grimade is it? Gumeed? Is it Grimade? I'm not sure. Okay, Grimade, who plays Ashley Carter, uh, Maureen um, Beatty. Uh, who plays Fiona Beatty. Bellows or Beatty Beatty I'm sh- I'm sorry. <laughs> I should just quit while names, I had. You know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so it was a nice uh, nice ensemble cast. I thought they had here for this story. Yeah, they're, they're pretty well-known character actors here in the UK. The uh, ones in Casualty, the others in um, Coronation Street, you know, uh, uh, Emmerdale. Uh, so they've been on uh, pretty high-flying shows. In fact, uh, uh, the Natalie Gumi Mead uh, one uh, has only recently been it. Well, uh, last year's Strictly Come Dancing, which is like Dancing with the Stars, but she's been in a, in a lot of stuff. So uh, th- there's quite a, a good cast in depth there. Mm-hmm. Of course, when you first see them, you think, they've not cast these very well. She doesn't look like a scientist, and these are not like scientists. And, of course, during the course of the story, the doctor comments you know, to the young girl um, saying, uh, <laughs> you know, forgive me, but what are you doing here? You know, you don't exactly see uh, the part, mm-hmm. the one playing Shona. Yeah. But, of course, they weren't cast for that. They were, they were cast for being the ordinary people that were, were, were thrown into this, what we find is the, this dream within dream state, world state that they're in. Yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's interesting seeing you know watching it for like for the first time and then as it unfolds things start making because a lot of it doesn't make much sense you know at first no you know. no that can't be and then um, and then as it progresses you know um, it, it it begins to unravel what's going on so you know so uh, I, you know how did they dream up of a way to have Santa Claus and Doctor Who you know they said and and before this you know they was they made it very clear. That he's not a robot and it's not an alien pretending to be Santa. So it just so you know it just starts making you wonder how are they going to do it? You know what, how is this going to resolve itself? So I, I thought it was uh, well I, just uh, interesting. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. 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 Just at that point in general. Um, I think, I mean, my son was down here for Christmas. Oh, by the way, Ian sends his regards. Sorry he can't make it, but again, he's having technical yeah, issues. But um, uh, I th- he, he, he enjoyed Now, he had, he'd missed most of this series, so I'd given him the quick breakdown of how the last story had ended. But in actual fact, this story, I think would, I would have enjoyed this story more if I hadn't seen that little teaser in the very same way that the Titanic crash into the uh, TARDIS annoyed me once, the mm-hmm. same way that the you know the uh, the runaway bride arriving in the TARDIS annoyed me, that the 
the Santa character being able to get into the TARDIS at the end of last one, of course, it's there to pique your interest and to make you want to watch this episode. But in actual fact, I think I would have enjoyed this episode more if I hadn't had what seemed to be an antagonistic meeting. you know, because the, the, Sansa almost says to the doctor in the TARDIS, the, you know, you're almost going to regret things or something. Uh, I, I almost wished I hadn't seen that that little teaser because the way it starts in here, and I still didn't like it, I was still annoyed by all those foolish uh, elves, but again, right towards the end, they explain that's why you're seeing, you know, the reindeer and comedy elves. They're supposed to be comedy elves, not what I would expect elves to be, perhaps naughty or so on, but they were they were very much from you know Santa's workshoppy silly kids with you know uh, balloon guns and things. But I think it would have been better if I hadn't seen that teaser trailer uh, because it would have because I was thinking, is this going to be like you know the um, somebody from Classic Who, uh, a Time Lord from Classic Who, you know the meddling Monkar, yeah. something along those lines from that little teaser that set it up. But I think it worked better if you watched this, you know, and hadn't seen that. And my son, uh, he thought it was great. I didn't think he'd like it. I thought he'd he'd sort of walk out of the room in disgust. I mean, I was... If it wasn't sitting next to me and laughing his head off, I might have almost turned it off myself in the earlier part. But as you were about to say, uh, those sillinesses do get explained and covered and accounted for well yeah once again we have um you know it's similar to uh uh listen where listen explored uh sound and fear to tell the story here it uses uh in this story um that it uses dreams as the paintbrush to tell the story and dreams within dreams and and using that um um, iconography that that, uh, that that way of, of uh, what we all experience, you know, and, you know how things how odd things come together in dreams and they make sense in the dreams, but in reality, it does it wouldn't make sense. And I think I think I don't know. Stephen Moffat may had been having a go at critics such as myself that sometimes um, point to Doctor Who as saying that sometimes it's too much fantasy. And I think you know. Um, at one point, you know, in this story, they, they start comparing fantasy and reality, and, and saying how it's all the same, and um, and how absurd the, that the doctor's out, the doctor's traveling in a box is absurd to begin with. But um, in reality, though, you know, it's because of the certain things that are that in our inherent in Doctor Who that are so magical that you need to balance it with with stuff that that isn't you know it can't be all fantasy either you know uh, there needs to be a balance so you know i never said that doctor who should be hard science fiction but it it shouldn't be all fantasy and whimsical either you know that's why i, I believe there should be limitations on the sonic screwdriver i believe there should be limitations on the regeneration process i think you know um you know the, 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 there should be some limitations on the TARDIS itself, and you know, and that's why you know it, it should stay stuck in the form of a police box. And um, there's just certain things that there needs to be some structure, some some boundaries to it all. And um, so I, you know, well, well, but go ahead, yeah. Uh, uh, just on the, just uh, just on the regenerations, 
you don't you don't mean that you don't think we should have got at least a new cycle of twelve? I mean, if if they said to you now, it's unbounded, you know, there's no end to his cycles. Ah, he's been given twelve new regenerations. You're okay, I assume, with the fact that he was given twelve new re- regenerations and the explanation that that's not. Yeah, totally no, unlimited, well, is it? I obviously, mean, you know, we knew that th- something was going to have to be done with the 12, 12 regenerations mm. limit. You know, yeah. you know, for for many years, you know, doing Doctor Who Pachak, we'd have uh, uh, Doctor Who fans, you know, chiming in saying, well, "What are they going to do at the end of uh, you know after he uses up all his regenerations?" You know, we, we would sometimes jokingly say, "Oh, well, that will be it for the show. They'll just have to stop the show, no matter how successful or how." Um, great the show is doing, they'll just have to stop it. No, of course, they'll, it's science fiction. They'll find a way to get around it and continue it. Uh, you know, so we were all expecting that it would um, it would come to pass that th- that he would get a new cycle or 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 the limitation would be lifted. You know, now now supposedly you know since the. Um, you know the time lords are no longer around. Maybe the limitation was no longer around, or, or or something to that effect. You know, and but obviously, one year ago they had written into um, you know into the story, you know how he uh, got a new set. Oh, 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 he got more regeneration. So we don't know if it's a new set or if or how how many more regenerations he has. We're we're not sure. Okay, but. You know that, that that's, but I, I f- always still feel that there should be some sort of, uh, um, you know, uh, again some sort of structure and limitations within the regener- regeneration cycle. That's why, you know, when uh, the ninth Doctor was telling Rose just before he was going to regenerate, said he may may regenerate and have two heads or or or, or, or whatever. And I was just like, no, you know, you're not. That's not going to happen. That you know, they should be, you know. It, he shouldn't regenerate into a frog, you know. There should, you know, there there should be some, you know, um, some given, you know, some structure, some some boundaries on on regeneration. In other words, the the, the show can't be just completely magical because then it's just it, it goes into a different realm and it's no longer the show that I fell in love with, you know. All right. So, uh, so yeah, it's, 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 and, and then, so now speaking of that, going, uh, taking it to another level, um, it acknowledges and references Alien in this to, uh, it's, it's sort of in the way that they did in Into Dalek, where they, they didn't, they didn't come out and, and mention Fantastic, Fantastic Voyage, but they, they sort of like, uh, gave them permission to kind of borrow some ideas from Fantastic Voyage for Into Dalek by saying, oh, it makes a good movie or something like that. And here, Early on, they they reference Alien, though it comes back in the end where um, when when we see um, Shona Shana, yeah, the movie list that the girls yeah. look at Shauna, Sh- it is yeah, she's got the thing on there as well, and that. yes, so you know it kind of makes sense there where she's we have to assume that she was watching this before she fell asleep and may, and it influenced her dreams as some things as as often is the case when you know. If you have something on your mind, on your in your subconscious, and you fall asleep, sometimes they emerge in your dreams. All right. So I'm I'm okay with that though. I, I thought it might have been interesting if um if if 
in that first dream, if you will, uh, it, where this the fa- they look like face huggers, and then maybe in the second dream, maybe after they wake up, maybe they should look maybe slightly different. Assuming, okay, well, that was just the dream that they look like face huggers, and then and, and then have them look different, even though it's still a dream, but fool us to think that it's not a dream, you know, by having them look different. And then, um, you know, because even if it's still a dream, um, even things that don't make sense in dreams will, as they explore in this episode, you know, it, it, it all comes together. Your mind makes it, makes it make sense. So I just thought, I mean, I, but again, uh, that would have been probably more costly to do and to, you know, design different forms of, of dream crabs and make, you know, so I guess, you know, for the for the sake of budget, for the sake of the budget, they might have just kept them all the same. Well, well of course, in the in the the uh, the Martha uh, Martha Jones first story, Smith and Jones, where they're on the moon, you know, the Jatoon on the moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a we had a an alien there that used a, a straw, which was, it was, oh, he, he right. reckoned, think of it as a, they put a straw into your brain, and that was sort of sucking you out from, not only it was your blood uh, mm-hmm. from your body, but it was yeah. using a straw. Exactly. So it, they could have brought that, that creature back into it, I suppose. I forgot about that. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yeah. So, yeah, this wasn't the first time that Doctor Who explored dreams. There was Amy's choice as well. Um, you know, every time you hear the birds chirping, it, it would be a, um, an indication of another dream starting. It's been a while since I've seen it, but as I recall, uh, so, um, you know, and of course, um, famously, there's the Freddy Krueger movies that, that explore dreams in, in this way. And even Alien itself, they mention Alien in the, in this, in the sequel, Aliens. Well, I, I don't think I need a spoiler now since it's the movie's um, what thirty years old now. Is uh, you know you see Ripley waking up from her, um, you know, uh, from a dream, only to find out that it's still a dream, you know. And so you had dreams within dreams, even in in that as well. So uh, another interesting point, which um, um, Kyle had just put in chat, is that John Hurt, who uh, starred in Alien. Um, also, uh, just recently uh, became part of the Doctor Who lore as uh, as the War Doctor last year. Yeah, well, uh, some news about him, by the way. He's, he's he's supposedly going to be knighted in the oh. New Year's Honours list here in the UK. That's fantastic. He so he will be Sir Sir John Hurt then. Mm-hmm. Seventy four years. Uh, and going on about other stories which had dreams, and I've lost it now because uh, we're in a different chat room. But uh, Jeff, the Seventh Doctor, uh, I was mentioning the there was a Star Trek Voyager uh, story where Jacoti was in mm. like a dream state, and he he used the moon, and he had to you know the the moon to bring it, so he knew when he was still dreaming and not dreaming. Now it was in season four. And I'm trying to remember the name of the actual episode now. Um, it, it, that had something to do with his... Uh, waking um, moments. His Native American heritage, where he would go on, a, like, a... a, a, a he, he would go on a walkabout with his animal yeah. spirit, something like that. I, I have a vague memory of it. I haven't seen it since it was originally on, but um, interesting, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Waking moments, yeah. Season four, episode 13. 
right. Well, yeah, um, also, um, speaking of Star Trek, Star Trek Generations, the movie Star Trek Generations, Dreams is used as a drug in that as well, where um, there was that ribbon through space. Uh, again, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but um, you had Roddy McDowell, not Roddy McDowell, Malcolm McDowell, his character was uh, yeah. pursuing um, uh, uh, this um, this ribbon, or I forget what it was called, um, that that would put people in this dream state, you know. And, and Picard. And speaking of Christmas, there was a Christmas um, like uh, dream that he was having in, in that where um, I think he, he he finds himself back in his home town of uh, home village of France. Um, at Christmas time, right, with a victor, almost like a, a Victorian family, a boy yeah. and a girl yeah, and a exactly. wife, and yeah. basically his ideal thing. And, and uh, in Star Trek Voyager, Kate, uh, Kate Mulligrew, with Captain um, mm-hmm. Janeway, she she had that one where she was uh, re- reliving things, but she kept dying every time. Uh, so I mean, it's a, it's no doubt that it, I mean, uh, you're quite right. He he, he gives. Uh, uh, you know, he doesn't steal because he mentions like the film The Thing and others that this woman's watching but there's no doubt about it that uh, he's uh, foraged far and wide for uh, some of the ideas here but of course I mean how many TV series have you seen it where uh, a supposed Santa Claus has come I mean you've got to go all the way back to Miracle on 34th Street yeah. I mean mm-hmm. um, this is you know, I mean it's a well trodden path uh, and I think uh, the way that the, the the logic prevailed towards the end, um, but I, I'll have my say later because you're, you're giving us the basic outline at the moment. So, um, yeah, um, I think you've mentioned most of the cast. So, uh, did did you, did you mean that you were unsettled by the start of it? Thinking, where's this going? Uh, I don't believe you, Stephen Moffat. Are were you? Did you did you did you restrain yourself? I didn't. But did you restrain yourself and say, "Well, I'll just watch and hold off my criticism to the end"? Yeah, when watching it initially, it seemed you know in, in, until it started becoming more unclear what was going on, it, it started you know like what, what, you know this is getting a, this is going off on the edge of silliness, you know. <laughs> You know, when you have Santa Claus coming in with the toys and 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 Rudolph with the and using like the the um, the remote for cars, you know, beep, beep, you know, to calm Rudolph down and that that type of thing, it was just getting a little bit more. It was just getting on the edge of silliness and like, how are they going to how are they going to redeem all this? How are they going to um, rectify? Slinky this? coils going to save them. Slinky coils and robots going to save them. Yeah. So, but I, I think in the end, it, it all worked out. And I, um, you know, you, you know, I, I usually, you know, have different expectations going into a Christmas story because, um, you know, so often it is um, so different than, um, a, you know, a regular episode of Doctor Who. And, you know, I, I'll give them a little bit more leeway and allowances for them to be um, more whimsical, you know, and, and um, but... I think in the end, you know, watching it like, um, you know, after watching it the first time, I was able to appreciate it more. And then um, seeing it again, you know, I appreciate it for, for what it is more. I, I thought the cast did a great job there. And, and uh, I, I thought it was done very interestingly. Uh, you know, again, this, you know, 
dealing, you know, telling the story through dreams. And um, though, excuse me, though at the end, it was just getting, you know, it was a dream within a dream within a dream. It, it started becoming a little bit more repetitive, I thought, towards the end. And, you know. A bit, a bit inception for you, was it? I haven't seen. I've heard that, but I haven't seen Inception, so I can't. I can't talk to that point because I, I, I haven't seen it. Okay. You know, uh, you know when they're in the sleigh at the end, and you know, I was trying to figure out how are they willing themselves to wake up. You know, because the these uh, dream crabs would prevent that. You know, and they seemed it seemed to be like such a struggle to you know or, uh, to to wake up from their dreams. Previously, and then in the sleigh, it just seemed at the end there they were just able to will themselves awake. And then I'm jumping all the way to the end now. Um, at the very, very end, uh, we are led to believe because of the. See, I, this is another thing with with the tangerines. I, I know we spoke about this back, I think, on Christmas Invasion because I think the Tenth Doctor had a tangerine in his uh, in his gown, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Yeah, it's the one he used to hit the throw yeah. at the button that but, dropped the flap that uh, killed the leader. So we had this discussion back then about how tangerines are, you know, um, associated with Christmas. Though for me, I I've never had that association. I, I don't know, you know, um, I, I don't know if it's cultural between you know the UK or Europe and and the US, or it's just me or whatever. But I. I've never had that association with tangerines, so that's why. At the it goes it goes into the well. Watching it at the, for the first it, time at the very end, I didn't really get the reference at the end with the with the tangerines, which I'm supposed which 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 I'm supposed to suggest that they're still dreaming, perhaps because that's um, Santa says um, um, in the beginning that it's his trademark gift. Uh, you know, in fact, let's. Um, Let's let's make. I haven't, you know, I've been going on and on, and we haven't played any other clips. So let's uh, let's hear a little bit from Ooh. from from the last Christmas. Doctor. How can they see us? How do they even know that we're here? They can only see you, yeah, if you see them. So, so just don't look, just don't even think about them. Oh, telepathic. They can home in on their own image in someone else's brain. Third-party perception. <laughs> Mind policy. We're being hacked. What does that even mean? The visual input from your optic nerve is being streamed to their brains. Stop broadcasting. Close your eyes. So long as you retain them as an act of memory, they can still hold in. Think about something else. Oh. Why is she singing? She's running interference. She's trying to distract herself. 304 minus 17. Sorry, what? Plus 20, just do it. 507. Minus 14 times 4. 1,972. Don't be so good at it. I can't help it. Sally Pink. Ah. 
That, that reminds me, there's a song that uh, in her playlist that at the beginning of the scene. Uh, is that the same song that's, uh, that Mickey is listening to in um, Christmas, in the beginning of Christmas Invasion, when he's in the garage and he hears this song, um, which, um, you know, uh, mentions, I think, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Ranger. Hey, Mike. It might be because uh, it's definitely these uh, one of the standards uh, of the UK. I mean, the, the the British bands used to pump out these standards, you know, uh, very you know very Christmas ones. So yeah, I think it was uh, yeah Kyle's put in text yeah, that uh, you're right. Yeah. All right. So. So, yeah, so getting back to the tangerines, um, it's, it's just something that um, I don't know if it's just me or, or, or whatever that I, I just never had that association. But, you know, watching it again and, and then, you know, being that Santa does say that, um, you know, that it's his uh, trademark gift or something like that. He um, and, and then we see it at the end in the window. I, I think it's med, it's 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 uh, led us to suspect meant, whether yeah. they are really awake or not. Well, that's it. I mean, that's to flag that up. Uh, the the tangerines usually, if you have a, I mean, nowadays, well, for years, even when I was a young lad, we moved from stockings to pillowcases because you could get more in it. But the whole idea was when you when 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 you hung a stocking up, uh, the tangerine went in the toe of the stocking, okay. so it, it 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 gave it weight to hang from. So you know. Uh, that was at the bottom, uh, so that was the reference to that. But um, I mean, I, I've got lots of comments, but I'll, I'll, I'll string them all together when when you're through your your, your main synopsis. Well, I um, um, I had mentioned earlier that I I assumed you know when I was going through the cast here that at some point Samuel Anderson would be returning as to play Danny Pink. So I, I didn't know what it was going to be the Christmas special, but uh, I th- thought this was a good format that allowed him to return and make sense, you know, returning. And, uh, you know, um, and, you know, it gave Clara reason to, you know, stay in this dream and, and not want to wake up. And um, so I, I think they used, you know, they utilized him very well in this story. And um, I, I think that it worked well. Uh, I also in, in that same sequence, uh, so- I, I was just going to say in that same sequence I also oh. like the continuity how they uh, they use blackboards you know the doctor communicated initially before he entered the dream with her he was communicating with Clara using blackboards which I thought again it goes it was nice continuity to earlier stories in this series where um, the doctor using the blackboard was uh, featured prominently. You know, or um, yeah, or him scribbling on the floor, or whatever, with chalk. You know that that, that was an ongoing, um, you know, v- visual cue. Yeah, it was indeed, and, and it also uh, slightly referenced the the blink idea, where where the writing's under the the wallpaper somewhat, uh, and as you peel different things. The next thing you needed to know was that, but I did like it the way she did this sort of negative wipe on the screen, oh, and then yeah. we panned out as well. There was a lovely panning shot, one of these sort of concertina shots of her within the room, and then that. Um, just let me mention that sat manager. We have a 
Czechs chat going on while we record this has put the, the, the that song we mentioned was also used in the Runaway Bride. But yes, it, I, I'm sure the going back to the Tangerine that was referenced. So so at the very ending, you know, certainly younger viewers uh, could then think, well, actually it was Father Christmas. Uh, you know the the. Uh, the final thing that helped the doctor get back to the right time, the right Clara, um, was good. Uh, you mentioned something that I, I want to reply to, if I may, before sure. you move on, and that yes. was where you said you thought that they got out of some of the dream states early, easily, too easily, maybe. I, I think that that works and that is okay because if you're in a dream state. Uh, but when you come out of that dream state, all you're doing is going up to the next level, then that will be easy because it's like, you know, when you're playing these games with lots of level, you've not actually reached the big bad of the hard level. You know, you know you've know, you really only fooled yourself. In actual fact, um, the people who are keeping you in the dream uh, are almost letting you break through one level because you then may act normally thinking that the crisis is over. So... It's not that hard to break through one level to the next level because you're still, as far as they're concerned, under their thrall, under their spell, within, within the context of what they're thinking. But I do want to also mention the, the Danny Pink character. I think there were some people worried that um, it might be some way of resurrecting Danny Pink. And uh, I think this, like you say, was a... It, she so well recognises uh, has such an affection for Danny that the way he reacts when he is a dream is so completely how you would expect if the real Danny was there to do so. And yet we've got the nice little comment from the Doctor when he comes in. The, 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 the Doctor always says, oh, I don't notice uh, you know, faces. For instance, once they, once they go out of the moon base when they think they've broken the spell, they've done that circular thing and, the, and they're leaving. Uh, and um, uh, Clara says, well, what about the others? You know, what about the other four? And then he makes the realisation there's only four guidebooks, but yet there's four, of the, four instruction manuals, but there's four of them moving about and another four in the beds lying down. So he realises that because there's a, there's still something wrong. There's still not at the right level. So, so, so they rush back in. But there are all sorts of things like that. But he, when he rushes back in, he says, "Are these the same people?" And the girl says, "How rude!" Of course, they're the same people because he doesn't make a face. But when he sees Danny in the dream world, he notices a little bit like you and I, Lewis. Look. Just slightly more handsome in second life than <laughs> some people may think <laughs> because you know I'm about a dashing six foot two in second life mm -hmm. you know <laughs> uh, and she's made Danny you know a little bit more like a mind you she's so small you think she'd have brought Danny down a couple of inches but um, no it was, it was nice because it meant that he's not in her mind at least now a cyberman are somebody who had to 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 usher in that young boy that he felt guilty about killing uh, and sacrificed his one-way ticket out of that sort of um, matrix thing that he was in. Uh, and um, I thought it was great. And uh, and I think also at Christmas uh, that was a lovely touch to to uh, people who are perhaps at Christmas missing somebody 
who in their families just died recently and they almost feel guilty about having a Christmas dinner and a Christmas memory and having they may be able not want to laugh at Christmas because they lost an auntie or a grandma or, or somebody you know in the weeks leading up to Christmas and Danny's there giving them by the writing of Stephen Moffat the permission to enjoy Christmas just give five minutes a day you know, to to have nice thoughts and, you know, you pick up a photograph and you have a little nice memory. You pick up a vase and you remember that was their favourite vase. Uh, so I thought that was a lovely touch. There were some lovely touches. Uh, I've, I'm annoying myself because I think I'm going to really like this after I've watched it a few more times. But I, I jumped the gun from watching it because from the very first scene, uh, I wasn't liking it. But again... This is only media in a short bit. I'll talk a bit more later, if I'm allowed. Oh, well, absolutely. Yeah, but I, I felt the same way. I, I, I went from, you know, um, you know I, I guess, like, rating it lower in my head watching it initially, and then after watching it, then it, I, it, the, the rating went up higher, you know, and, I, I, and then watching it again, it's, it went up even higher. So, um, you know, I am able to appreciate it for what it is now, than watching it, you know, initially not knowing where it was going and how it's all going to unfold. Yeah. Um, I, I just um, just before I forget, I just just wanted to make a mention. Um, has nothing to do with the story itself, but um, for those with a keen eye, will notice that the opening credits had a little Christmassy uh, theme to it. They had uh, some snowflakes and whatever in the opening. It was a holiday theme opening credits. If you if you saw the opening credits for this episode, right. Um, let's see what else. Um, uh, I, I, another little uh, point of uh, reference would be um, later on. You know, t- you're talking about the manuals. Uh, later on, the doctor does once again ask Clara to. Uh, to to come up with a page number and he says make it a good one and and she responds with 12 so a, a little acknowledgement to the 12th doctor there no sir all 13 <laughs> well one of them <laughs> one of them didn't go by the name of doctor <laughs> no i'm just quoting his famous statements from that with his with his eyebrows his acting eyebrows <laughs> So, oh, it is 12th let's, generation, let's, let's, isn't it? 13th Doctor, 12th generation. Hi, this is Graham Harper, and you're listening to Doctor Who Podshot. Happy New Year, Happy New Year, and Happy New Year. Did you make a New Year's resolution to listen to more audiobooks? I, I well, it's one of my res. I, I actually I don't make resolutions, but if I did, that would be one of my resolutions. One way to make it happen is through Audible. Audible is the premier provider of digital audiobooks. Audible has over 150,000 titles to choose from in all different genres, including thrillers, business, romance, comedy, sci-fi, and so much more. Audible titles will play on your iPhone, Kindle, Android, 
and over more than 500 devices for listening anytime and anywhere. And for you, listeners of Doctor Who Podshock, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a 30-day trial so you have a chance to check out their service. So you get your free audiobook, simply go to audibletrial.com slash podshock. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash podshock for your free audiobook. And what will you find there? Well, they have, well, if you're looking for Doctor Who titles, you came to the right place. They have over 200, well, they have about 265 titles in the Doctor Who section alone. And if you go to their site, go to sci-fi and fantasy and then Doctor Who, there's a whole section devoted to Doctor Who. And you'll find um, recent releases like Engines of War, which is is actually a war doctor story. It's uh, narrated by Nicholas Briggs, and it's written by George Mann. There's also Twelfth uh, Doctor stories, believe it or not. There's um, the, the Silhouette, which is um, uh, written by Justin Richards, and it's narrated by Dan Starkey, who's in this episode of, that we're reviewing today. Uh, there's also uh, previous, older previous Doctors, such as the Third Doctor. I, I think we've already... Um, Recommended this story once. Um, I don't know if it was on our last episode of Doctor Who Podshock, but um, fairly recently, I think we we recommended Doctor Who and Carnival of Monsters. So it's a third Doctor story written by Terence Dix, narrated by Katie Manning. So uh, you know, there's tenth Doctor stories. There's uh, well, there's there's just there's stories about Doctor Who in general. Um, well, not stories, but um, historical um, audio um, pieces. Uh, that, that give the history of the show. Uh, there's lots of titles to choose from. Now, any of those that are available for a free selection, you can choose. So uh, once again, go to audibletrial.com slash pachak for your free audiobook. That's audibletrial.com slash pachak for your free audiobook. And if you're driving and you can't write that down, you can't get to that URL right now, have no fear. Uh, you can go to podchock.net and you'll find links to it there as well. Uh, you pick up one of these Doctor Who titles or you could pick up any title. You know, it doesn't have to be Doctor Who. They they have Star Trek. They have Star Wars. They have uh, uh, thousands of um, contemporary science fiction and uh, fantasy titles, um, plus uh, all the other genres I had mentioned earlier before. So uh, you can choose whatever you like for, um, for your free audiobook. And um, and as I said, it's yours to keep. Even if you decide not to continue with the service, you keep your free audiobook and um, enjoy it. So treat yourself for the new year. Happy 2015 and enjoy it with Audible. Okay. This is ridiculous. Am I am I dreaming? Oh, very good. I need to know exactly who you are and what's happening here. Hello, Ashley. Lead scientist on a polar expedition. <gasps> that microscope really paid off, didn't it? Now, your mum and dad wanted me to get you a toy one, but sometimes, uh, take a chance. Who are you? Why are you dressed like that? What do you think? Oh, come on, this is mental. This is totally not happening. I've got three words, Shona. Don't make me use them. What three words? My little pony. Shut up, you. Yeah, I've got lots more, babe. I will mark you, Santa. Okay, Doctor, are you, are you going to explain what is going on? It's an invasion, Miss Oswald. An, an invasion of, of what? Elves? Whoa. That is racist. Elfist. Yeah, which is a bit hypocritical. 
from someone of your height? Huh? You seen them before, Doctor? I've heard of them. The Cantrafari. Colloquially known as the Dream Crabs. Yeah. Depending how many of those are already on Earth, the human race may well have seen its last day. So we can stand about arguing whether I'm real or not, or uh, are we going to get busy saving Christmas? Oh, oh, Santa goes badass. Oh, he's giving me the feels. Shut up. That's a that's a verbal warning. Please stop it. Yeah, uh, just let me just before you bring in Carl, just mention that um, the Nick Frost. I, I wasn't that overly enamoured by his portrayal of it. Uh, that little clip where right at the end where he says that, it just sounded to me like um, if you remember the UK version of The Office and the mm. actor Ricky Gervais, yes. mm. uh, and you see him in, the, is he was he was doing his mannerisms and his mm-hmm. the way he throws away these deadpan lines. To me, he was he was channeling a lot of Ricky Gervais there. Um, so I didn't like it, but I did like the fact that like where where he says you know My Little Ponies or whatever, you think well it must be Santa because he's he's reading everybody's minds. Which to each person he said the appropriate thing. Like the doctor says to him, uh, nobody's asked to. Father Christmas, the obvious question, how does he get all the presents in the sled? So he turns immediately to the doctor and says, because it's bigger on the inside. But the point is, if the Father Christmas is the manifestation of each person who's he's having the conversation with, uh, the answer's already in their head, if you know what I mean. So, so it yeah. appears as though he's reading them, when in actual fact, they've created him. It, it might have been interesting if his... Uh character and mannerisms changed depending on who was viewing him at the time, you know. Yeah, a different length beard, you know, somebody sees him with a big, really big long beard and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I mean, I think obviously he was, um, Nick Frost was portraying him that way to go against the stereotype of him being merry and jolly and all that, and you know, so I, but, uh, you know, I thought, um, you know, just... You know how we—it's how he's uh, put together by how we envision him. Maybe he—that uh, um, would have been something that they could have played with, having him maybe appear slightly different and behave slightly different depending on who's viewing him. Yeah. Well, the thing is, you don't know with, with the teaser at the end of the last one. You don't know how much they've got into how he was going to play the character when he had to do that teaser, and indefinitely in that teaser. There's an ambivalence about him. There's a slight, oh, you know, is this going to be an enemy? Is this going to be an enemy of the Doctor? So maybe they hadn't fully formed how they wanted him to play the character. But by then, you know, uh, things were a little bit set in motion. But um, yeah. Anyway, I, I'm happy to uh, hear what Kyle has to Let's say. Let's get Kyle on board and welcome back to the show, Kyle. It's good to have you as always. Merry Christmas. Well, absolutely always good to be, well, absolutely always good to be here for Christmas. Um, one thing I was going to comment on something you guys were just talking about, the uh, changing of how uh, Santa Claus would have looked or Father Christmas based on who was looking. I wonder if that would have given away the fact that this all was a dream if you saw a different interpretation each time he spoke to a different person. So I wonder if that might would have given away uh, a little bit too yeah. quickly. Well, if they did it subtly, yeah, yeah, if, it, if it was very subtle, you know, yeah. it wasn't to- so over the True. top. You know, 
Uh, sometimes, you know, Stephen True. Moffat does that where it looks like there's errors, like someone did a continuity error, but then we find out later it was done on purpose. That's something that's very Moffat-like. Uh, again, yeah, go yeah. back to, um, I think it was uh, the time, not not Time of Angels, but it was uh, it was where the Doctor was wearing, the, the, the 11th Doctor was wearing the coat and not yeah. wearing the coat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Uh, well, um, my overall thoughts were um, I, d- I d- fully expected to see Danny Pink back. Um, you know, it, this wasn't exactly the episode that I thought it was going to be. I really thought Clara was leaving. So uh, even up until the very end, I thought that they had threw a curveball by saying in reports that she was staying. I really thought that that was something that they had put out, that she really was leaving, especially with the scene between him and Clara toward the end, you know, I really thought that that was about, okay, she's about to leave and this is going to get really sad. Um, so I was fully expecting that to happen. My, my thing on Danny, I really think that that was some, um, presentation, if you will, of the real Danny Pink, not just something that she had concocted in a dream. And I say that because of the way the doctor looked at him when he said, I didn't save everyone. I saved Clara. You guys were just the fortunate, you know, you mm-hmm. uh, beneficiaries of that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, I mean, I, I, I would like to believe that that really was Danny. I think perhaps that may be the last time we'll see Danny because I think this was a good way to end his story and for her to, you know, move on. I felt more chemistry between uh, the two of them, Clara and the Doctor, than I did throughout the entire um, eighth series. I'm actually excited to see where they go next, you know, next year, and I'm actually glad, you know, that she's coming back. Um, Let's see, my other comments that I had, we've covered a lot of them already, but... um, Let's see here. I, I didn't, you know, I saw um, and have read a lot that that several people like Shauna, and it's nothing to do with the actress, but from what I saw of the character, she reminded me of Ace, and Ace really wasn't one of my favorite classic companions. So I'm not looking, I would not, not be, you know, displeased if she didn't make another appearance, to be honest. She was not. Um, you know, I didn't enjoy that character. I much uh, more enjoyed the other. Um, I think she was the lead scientist. I, I would rather see her return than to see the Shauna character re- to return. But I'm curious to know what you guys thought. Did you guys enjoy the character, or what did you think? Well, well again, they were out of place, weren't they? I mean, th- this is one of the things that the Doctor picked up on, the, the fact that, the, the, you know, there was a... a a, a woman that was probably too old to have been leading a um, a station, you know, a polar station. There's this girl who who didn't seem to have the wherewithal to be a scientist. I think something that they may, again, this may allude to what you said about the Father Christmas not changing too much because that would have uh, changing at all. That would have given the illusion away. Um, uh, when I watched it the second time, I was thinking that um, you know the Professor Albert Smythe, the uh, the Michael Troughton character, who was eating that turkey thing. Uh, 
I almost thought at one point, you know, did that turkey stick regenerate? In other words, you know, was it <laughs> like a never-ending turkey one? That, but it, but I, I don't think they actually did that. But it, it was inferred in the dialogue that the doctor states that he almost as though you've been chewing on that for half an hour and you yeah. still haven't eaten it. Uh, again, they could have they could have made that maybe a little bit more obvious, or in fact they they perhaps weren't. Um, but yes, I mean another one of the things that I was going to point out was uh, again referring to the thing that Lewis had said about them coming out of the dream state. When you see them um, originally before Santa comes in with those bloody robots and that, you see these creatures drop down from the ceiling and land on them, but yet. Then Santa breaks in, and they're there standing, waiting to be rescued. I'm thinking, well, that's awful editing. They've edited that badly. And I'm so busy tutting that, of course, that is later a clue for the Doctor when he when he rushes back in, you know, and uh, uh, does the manual thing, and he says, oh, I, I hate it when I miss the obvious. Um, that um, th- they they were still dreaming, and uh, he said, didn't you realise those things had dropped down? So. Moffat had, Moffat had done things that I think he was going wrong, but he weren't. He wasn't. Those were misdirections and uh, plot points and so on. But um, yeah, just a bunch of. I think just a just a real long story. It's just a it's just a long story. Yeah, but the to, the, the, the the to get back to your question, I, th- I think those characters seemed out of place because in fact. They were out of place. They were scientists. They were, the, you know. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I think so. having um, the Shauna character be a bit, you know, crass and um, crude, you know, I, as I think it, it it was really playing up the point that she didn't belong there, and that the other characters, uh, you know, as, as the doctor then started pointing out, that they didn't really belong there either, you know, um, one woman because of her age and, another, Good point. you know, so I, I think that was deliberate that, you know, because I, I think in life we all ran in, you know, seen these type of people and, um, and um, you know, and stereotypically they're not scientists, you know, and so I, I think that was the, 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 you know, just like they were doing with Santa Claus, Cause they, they, cause they, they were, went against type, they, were, they made her against a, a intellect type. Right. Now, wasn't, you know, toward the end when they started revealing the, um, you know, and the, the aliens started falling off their face, wasn't, there, wasn't one of the, the women uh, in a wheelchair? Yes, that, that was the... The, the older okay. one, yeah. Yes, the older woman, the old, the old yeah. scientist woman, yeah. And uh, I did like seeing the uh, Christmas additions to, um, you know, to the theme. I've noticed they've done that in years prior, but I really liked, you know, how they, you know, how they added that. I, and honestly, I, I got to say, this, this, uh, would for me was one of Capaldi's best episodes to date. I just I think they allowed him not to be and whenever I say they I think Moffat allowed Capaldi not to be quite so grumpy as this version of the doctor and I I felt more like he was the doctor this episode than any of the previous ones and I I think he didn't he and Jenna Coleman did a great job yesterday. Or not uh, yesterday. I'm used to uh, I'm used to reviewing it the day after um, on Christmas Day. They did a they did a fantastic 
fantastic job. Right. Uh, I mean, there, were, there was a lot to recommend it. I mean, um, uh, as you say, uh, I'm not too sure with the, whether the actual fact that whether this act, the actress Jenna Coleman might have been leaving or not. I think I think um, Stephen Moffat and the crew knew quite a bit before that she was staying, but they they left that sort of um, you know unclear to the general public because it added to the will she won't she. Uh, it also did cause a little bit of trouble, I think, with that sort of double ending. I mean, uh, I was saying earlier that it was almost Clara had a bit of a sliding doors moment there, and as much as uh, I don't know how much of it she remembers, but she certainly, when the Doctor finally uh, took that creature from her face, she wanted a mirror. She wanted to know if she was still, if she was young yeah, again. Right. So she must have remembered yeah. having a So she's, uh, how much of that old life, you know, a little bit like... Uh, Picard with his life, um, you know, in um, when he lived it in the whole moment, mm-hmm. uh, blink of an eye or whatever it was. But here, um, one of the things that I noticed was right in the very opening scenes when you see the house she's in. And by the way, that isn't her normal council house, is it? I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh, it's perhaps it's her mother's house. Uh, but the, you see a stair lift on the stairs, or you see a, a, the running rail on the right-hand side of the stairs going up. It's called a, like a stunner stair lift in the UK, which you have a little seat at the bottom that runs up the room. Um, and when I saw Clara in the very first bit where, before she sits up because she hears a commotion, um, um, I thought her hair looked a little bit more silvery when she was lying down. So I'm wondering whether they were going to go with her being the older woman and they were going to end with her being the older woman, and that was how she was going to leave the show. Uh, and they they redid and rejigged the ending. So, I mean, of course, if you're doing a story where, you know, there's a dream within a dream, it's easy just to add another layer to the dream, isn't it? Uh, so that, that that worked, because you would have expected her uh, with the scene, that, and this I didn't pick up on this, somebody else picked up on this, was um, in the collective, the... Um, the fact that when she'd seen Danny not being able to return to her, but to put the young boy through her, she was definitely in a modern flatter house, the one she'd shared with Danny, not this house. It would have made sense if it was 62 years later and she'd gone round the world and this was the big house she could afford with the big chimneys and big, you know, the big rooftops. But that wouldn't have made any sense in the final scene if she was woken up in that house. If right. anything, when she transfigured her face, perhaps the room should have, you know, like the train did in the Murder on the Orient Express, mm-hmm. you know, all the facade dropped away. Maybe her bedroom facade should have dropped away and she was in a modern flat. I don't know. Uh, but um, it's a little bit, you, you can over-convolute these things, can't you, somewhat? But I thought it was excellent. But what I didn't really like was the fact that, you know, she now has a a real appreciation for just the sheer wonder of travelling with the Doctor without any asking any further things. She's got Danny in her heart, but in a safe place, and that 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 now she can uh, come to terms with, hopefully. The Doctor, we know from the last episode, realises that the Master was tricking them with the coordinates, so maybe he's going to put that on the back burner for a while. And the doctor says to him, come on, there's all of time and space now. So I hope, 
uh, if we we use this as a launching off point for the next series, where you know the Doctor and Companion, you know their backstories are now fully done, dusted, and dealt with. This is a fully now formed Doctor. Uh, he knows who he is, whether he's a good man or not, he knows who he is. He's more in charge. She's more of a person that wants to just go along for the ride. And I'm more than, more than happy that Clara is staying with the Doctor. Uh, she's my wallpaper at the moment, the scene where she's outside the uh, the TARDIS on the roof, looking absolutely angelic with the, one of the elves shining a torch on her. So, uh, as far as I'm concerned, I I can understand people being unhappy with the focus on her, uh, unhappy with the the impossible girl, and then uh, the the change in circumstances. But her as an actor, the character that she can now become, I'm thoroughly on board with. Uh, But the reason why I had issues with this one, as I said before, I don't really enjoy Christmas episodes that much. I was really tut-tutting. Could have easily, if my son wasn't with me and laughing his head off, could easily have turned this off and had to, to sort of cool myself down to go and watch it. Because, and Lewis has given us all the layout to this, all these things that were tut-tutting actually had a point to make in the story. And what I think is why it annoyed me uh, on first viewing is the fact that he's saying these are all fairy tales Father Christmas is a fairy tale and just as equally the Doctor's a fairy tale well I'm sorry he's not he's a science fiction hero of mine uh, and, uh, <laughs> it really I'm, don't put them in the same boat I, I want to Extricate ourselves from Fairyland. Uh, it's as bad as it, it's as bad as East Space, as far as I'm concerned. I want us to come back, not to hard science fiction. I know that's never going to happen, but I do want us to come back. You know, where you know there's two warring races on a on a the fourth planet round Alturis or some other planet. Uh, uh, you know, I want to see uh, the Doctor solve. Big local problems, but nothing that's on a, you know, a galactic scale or anything of that nature. Stay on Earth for adventures, go back in time, but basically the story be adventureless. Um, uh, I think Tim Tim Jury uh, mentioned it on one of my posts that he said, you know, what we really want is just the, you know, we want adventures now, and I uh, that's what I want. I'm happy with the the people. What a long gestation it's been. Uh, even Graham Sheridan, the second Doctor, Lewis, you know, he said Capaldi's come of age for him in this particular episode. Some people, it happened, you know, with Flatline or whatever it was called uh, during the course of the, uh, the the recent series. I think everybody now is on board for, you know, let's make this adventure the focus of each of the upcoming stories. Although, with the title, what is the title? The we're allowed to say the title. The Magician's Apprentice. Uh, right, is the, Mr. General. Is the well, if Mickey Mouse is in it, we're, we're in Mickey Mouse land. Oh, uh, and one last point, not my own. Darth Skeptical quite often comes uh, and takes part in this. Uh, he's not here now, but I hope he won't mind me saying one of the things he did say is, although it was a very Christmas episode with Father Christmas being, one might have thought, a very 
important part of it, in some way, is a surrogate, and any surrogate could have been used. He was something that the people used as a touchstone to say it wasn't real. And he said, if ever you were going to have a Doctor Who Sherlock Holmes crossover, <laughs> this would have been an ideal place to have dropped Sherlock Holmes in. Absolutely. Um, uh, or, or any other fictional character uh, could have been the thing, because all you needed something that everybody in that room from different backgrounds all had a vision of, of who that character was. Father Christmas was the obvious one, I suppose, being a Christmas special, yeah. but it could have equally have been someone else. Uh, so sorry for that long thing, Kyle. Uh, I hope you want to come back and practice, uh, mate. Uh, Did you give it... Uh, you, go on. No, but no, I agree with you. I do want to make a comment, uh, a follow-up on something that you said. I agree with you about Clara because it's 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 almost like whenever I was listening to you talk, I was picturing in my head where he's standing there saying all of time and space, and it just had this light bulb moment. It was almost like, guess what? This is really for the character of Clara. In a way, it's almost like a brand new beginning or a. You know, there's there's no baggage because you know that yeah. the first season. You know, the first season it was all about who is she? Do we trust her? Is, who is the impossible girl? The second season that she was on there last season, it was her, her story with Danny. This is the first time for me. It's been about where where are we going next? And and her comment about oh, I uh, hearing the TARDIS groan and mm-hmm. seeing the the wheels turning, saying oh wow, uh, I forgot how much I missed this. Uh, you know, I, I I agree with you. It's 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 making me look forward to series nine. Brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have you did you give this one a rating by the way, Kyle? In your oh, bit? sure. Um, let me give it. I would say uh, I'd give it a four. That's just off of the top of my head right now. I'd give it a four out of five. Mm, I'm finding it difficult. Um, I would have given it a one and a half on first watching because I was so blooming annoyed. But then even I had to admit that you know all the. All the all the shutters that were coming down in my mind, Stephen Moffat was lifting them with the explanation and explanation, explanation. So at the end, really, uh, I was bad tempered. But as I say, I was bad tempered because he was comparing Doctor Who to Father Christmas. You know, uh, who's he going to compare him with next? Is it going to be Mickey Mouse? I don't know. But I uh, that that it was something in me that was making me dislike it. Uh, I liked it a lot more. Again, I've said this to you before this, but it's amazing when you just listen to the audio sometimes, mm-hmm. um, you get quite a lot out of these stories. Uh, as long as you've already got the visuals in your head, you've watched it. I'm not yeah. suggesting you watch, listen, yeah. but if you've got those visuals in your head, but you actually are focusing on the words, because we all know some of the words. I mean, for instance, when this um, this Santa was being quizzed about, you know, how could he possibly deliver all these things? He said, I've got a sled, another sled or something. I was thinking he said something like, I've got a twin. Um, uh, but apparently somewhere on these, he said there's a team of us. Because you remember he's talking on the telephone, giving instructions yeah. of where to go next. Yeah. Presumably, the other person on the other sled. To me, it would have made perfect sense if it was a twin, you know. Santa too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Santa too. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, 
I don't know whether you're up to the point where you want to give your rating, uh, Lucy. Have you got more to say? Well, let's let's. Um, I'm going to play another clip. And um, Kyle, can I keep you on? Well, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, I, I know sometimes you have to run, so I, I don't want to. You know. No, 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 no. Go for it. All right. Okay. So I'm going to play another clip. Join hands. Come on. Concentrate. Bye. You are deep inside this dream, all right, and it is a shared mental state. So it is drawing power from the multi-consciousness gestalt, which is now formed telepathically. No, 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 no. Line in the sand. Santa Claus does not do the scientific explanation. All right. As the doctor might say, oh, it's all about dreamy women. Why don't you just go in and make up a notice? I have, mate, and you're on it. Don't give me that look. You're supposed to be warm and friendly and cheerful. Oh, yeah. Well, look at your great bedside manner. Don't be so hostile. Doctor, behave. This is very sweet. But right now, I have an alien life form wrapped around my face, and apparently it's digesting my brain. When you speak, how do I know it's not the dream crap? Oh, good question. Spoken like a scientist. Can I put it another way? Why would the part of our brain that is trying to keep all of us alive choose you for a face? Is anyone else asking that? Yeah, 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 all of us. All of us, why you? It's the North Pole. It's Christmas Day. And you're dying. Who are you going to call? Just one last time. Huh? One last Christmas. As if your lives depended on it. Please. Leaving Santa. It's interesting. The Doctor's relationship with Santa here is very much uh, similar to, uh, to Robin Hood in the Robot of Sherwood, where... Once again, he was challenging the belief of, the, you know, the legitimacy of uh, Robin Hood as a real person. And here he's once again confronted with Santa Claus, who he knows is, um, is not real. And, um, and once again, is, is challenged once again with, um, with a fictional character. And, um, and, and, and Dave, like you were saying, I, I was perturbed a bit with this um, constant comparison with the doctor and fantasy and um, you know making these comparisons and uh, you know I, I you know I, I had stated earlier in our review that I thought this was maybe his uh, maybe Stephen Moffat um, having a, a go at uh, those like myself and perhaps you Dave that criticize Doctor Who sometimes for being too too fanciful you know and um, too uh, too fairy tale like. You know, and um, and and I still I still stand by those uh, those complaints. You know, uh, of, of recent times. But it's a pity you actually mentioned the the uh, the robot Sherwood one because that was one episode that could have been a dream. So I, I hope I hope that wasn't a dream. <laughs> <laughs> well. Yeah, especially the, the you know the, the end of it where somehow he he finds. Uh, his uh, his mate, I, I forgot her name, and uh, and offers it as Marion, mate Marion. Yes. So, um, so Dave, like yourself, mm. I, when I was watching it, I, I my rating scale uh, was was you know went from low to high. You know, uh, you know, it, it, I, I wouldn't maybe give it a four, but I would give it you know. 
a three, maybe three and a half TARDIS groans, uh, which is, um, you know, it started off at, at maybe two and then it went uh, to three, three and a half. And maybe if I watch it again, it, it might be four. I, I think I think it has a potential of four. I think if they had some minor changes or, or did some things a little bit differently, um, it, it could have been it, it, it could have been a solid four. I thought, um, not that it's um, it's overall bad or anything like that. I, I just um, I, maybe it was it's within the constraints of the budget or whatever. They could only do so much, you know. But I, I thought um, if only they you know did a little bit more here or a little less there or, or, or um, some slight changes, it might have made. Um, a difference as far as bringing the rating up there, but um, overall, I did enjoy it. It was a lot better than um, I was expecting. Though I have to say, I wasn't expecting much, only because I, I don't mean that as a negative. It's just that in the previews, everything that we saw coming to this, there was nothing to get excited about. I wasn't really looking forward to this exactly as much as um, I might have with other specials or other. You know, there was just nothing to grasp onto that, um, like, oh, you know, it'd just be interesting to see how, you know, how this plays out, whatever. But it, you know, it was sort of like, oh, well, you know, once again, it's a, it's a Doctor Who Christmas special, and once again, it has lots of Christmas motifs. You can't get any more Christmas motifs than Santa Claus himself and, and elves and reindeer. So, um, I, I, as I keep on saying, it, it'd be nice just to have a Christmas special that didn't reference any Christmas at all, maybe just had the Christmas spirit in the storytelling and um, and how it played out without having anything to do with Christmas at all, you know, uh, with without having any Christmas lights or, any, you know, just have a story that takes place maybe on another planet or has nothing to do with Christmas whatsoever, but, but has the spirit of the holiday in it. Right. And I think even more than, than, than neutral, I mean, uh, in expectations, I think that teaser from the last episode actually put me up against it because mm -hmm. first of all I thought it spoiled uh, a very important moment uh, and this you know this lying taken to the nth degree with the and the reference between you know uh, I found Gallifrey and uh, me and Danny happy and uh, echoing from the fourth doctor and Sarah Jane Smith leaving when the doctor's summoned to Gallifrey uh, I'm thinking this is this is really brilliant reference and stuff uh, and then you go I mean they've done it before where like with the Titanic burst in I just had a very important passionate moment and then what what <laughs> what I mean even David Tennant said it what <laughs> exactly oh uh, sat managers uh, let me just read um, uh, gave the five myself uh, anybody else, if they want to put a rating in, Dr. Gonzo or anybody, please do so. Uh, I just love the misdirection, which that was what it was, uh, and a story in a story. And very happy that Clara is going to be back next year. So thank you for those comments. Maybe if you've got another clip, we could just play it while we see if anybody yes. has a comment or a rating to put in for us. Yeah, please put it in uh, in our chat. And if you're listening live and um You'd like to call in, please call 724-444-7444. The call ID number for the show is 23358. And, um, and uh, once if, if you're not you know, connected to the computer, star 8 will put you in the queue to, uh, to chat, to, uh, to call in as it was. And uh, let's hear a little bit more from Last Christmas. 
These are Christmas hats. I've seen people use them. You put them on, and absolutely anything seems funny. Oh, probably won't work on you. Probably not. Let me try. Go on, then. Can you really see no difference in me? Clara Oswald, you'll never look any different to me. So how was it, then? How was what? The 62 years that I missed. Oh. How was my life, you mean? Is it a Mr. Clara? No. But there were plenty of proposals. They all turned you down, though. I turned them down. I travelled. I taught in every country in Europe. I learned to fly a plane. Regrets? Oh, hundreds. <laughs> I just wish there were time for a few more. Yeah, they're always the best part. Christmas cracker, we should do one. No one ever matched up to Danny, eh? There was one other man. But that would never have worked out. Why not? He was impossible. So that was an interesting little thing they did there with having Clara... Uh, you know, as an older uh, woman and 62 years had passed since um, last encountering the doctor. But it makes me wonder how much time really... Yeah, I think she's... You know, in in reality, when when they do come up, you know, uh, between... Um, what, what was it? Um, not Dark Water. Um, what was the, the, the previous uh, story? Which Death was, in Heaven. Death in Heaven, thank you. So, yeah, death, yeah, death in heaven. Yeah. So, how much time has passed since death in heaven? Between death and heaven, last Christmas makes me wonder. Because she she hears the Tardis sounds and she's you know I, I think Kyle made a point uh, point of it when he was speaking um, how much um, Clara um, you know said how much she, she missed those sounds and so it makes me wonder just how much time did pass. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm assuming it was some sort of. We know the the forest, uh, the forest one was done in sort of high summer, wasn't it? So, um, and uh, it looked the the film. It looked about more like October in the um, the final two episodes. Um, so, I would imagine that a couple of months have passed, but not a great deal of time. Of course, the Doctor could have gone off and had uh, 100 years of adventures in between yeah, but in uh, for all those people I, doing the... In Clara's, big, time, in Clara's time. I think it's a, it's a couple of months because she's still very, very uh, missing, you know, uh, Danny, of course. Um, uh, but I think that's it. But the, 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 the slight continuity thing is if, if, if it was only a few months, she should have, when she finally was awoken, have been in her in her other house, the flatter house that she shared with Danny, where she was in the the house that you could assume that she'd have had, as the old woman with the stair lift, uh, who who had a career and you know perhaps built up some wealth and uh, and bought herself a, a quite nice but old fashioned house. Do you think uh, she could be old fashioned at, for sixty years in the future? Could she be staying at her parents well, for the holiday? Well, well, that, that the, the other option would be that you know that she was still you know the lady who was in Vengeance on Varus, the actress who was playing uh, 
I don't. I think it was a, a, our auntie, wasn't it, or a great aunt? Um, yeah. Um, and the other thing, by the way, when she's having that dream state with Danny, um, uh, when there's a knock on the door, doesn't she mention? Oh, that's her father. Yeah. Uh, and she's uh, in that dream world. Her father's still fully alive and uh, and with her. So in in uh, yeah. Um... Um, I just assumed, yeah. That I mean, we know. I know it's a it's it's a mother had died in the past, but I mean, uh, we had seen uh, it was a slight, it was a different act who was playing. So it was all that thing was was that a dad? Or was she at her uncle and auntie's house? Because they didn't have the same actor playing a father, did they? Mm, so no, they did. The issue, yeah. Uh, we've. Have we got any? Uh, I don't some, think we've got any more ratings more gone ratings in the room now. Yeah. We have um, TN, TNJ. Oh yes, we have. Um, TNJRB uh, three point five, uh, but bumping it up to four actually. Uh, and, oh, actually, I'm, I should be reading the comments here. Three point five for me. I think it has uh, yeah. potential to be more, but it needs to be watched a couple more times. The ending with Clara might bump it up to four for me. Actually, so um, and then um, guess four has uh, give it four. I gave it five out of five. Best uh, best Christmas episode. Um, um, correct, it's better. Is uh, what guess four has says. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, I, I think this is one of the ones that will stand the test of time. I've got a feeling that. You know, when I stop grinding my teeth and watch it in a few years' time, I'll think, actually, you know, the plot makes an awful lot of sense. Uh, but, I mean, when I started seeing these slinky things and robots coming in and the girl doing the silly dance, you know, I was... Oh, what am I watching? A grown man. grown man who's, <laughs> near, who's nearly in his prime. I am, Louis. Nearly in my prime now, you know. What, what, and I'm thinking, watching stuff like this, so... <laughs> Uh, you're just a kid at heart, but um, absolutely. Again, at least you know they made it all make sense in the end with with um, with it being a a dream reality. Right. Well, uh, one last clip, and then I will. And, and, and uh, we'll wrap yeah. things up. Uh, one thing I was just say: you you said you thought there might have been slight budget constraints. I d- I don't think that was quite evident with the. I thought the rooftop scene was well done. And uh, they, they had to... I mean, they only had three reindeer. No, no, I, well, I, I thought that but, was... But, but if I, I was referencing my own... Like, like if they had if they'd done this or explored this differently, it might have been more... It might have been cost prohibitive for them to do it. So it, it's not saying that they had budget constraints to what was seen on screen. It's what wasn't screen, seen on screen, what was in my imagination, where they could have gone or what they could have done with it to... Um, um, to, to 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 make it even better, maybe they couldn't do because of they only had so much to work with. Right. Well, two things then. Uh, just let me read TNGA RB has put uh, in answer to guess four. Don't think it's quite on the same level as Christmas Invasion or a Christmas Carol. But the, the thing I was trying to make is that this was a one-hour special. Sometimes the BBC only give them the same money that they would have had for a 45-minute episode, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So they're, they're doing an hour with the same budget as a one-hour, um, which, is, of course, may explain as well 
why we didn't have, uh, you know, we only had 12 episodes and a Christmas special, not 13 and a Christmas. We've had uh, a longer one at the beginning and a longer one at the end, so haven't we? Deep Breath was longer, yeah. Yeah. All right, well, um, one last clip and then we'll wrap things up. No idea. Is that any good? Oh, that's good. The TARDIS is outside. So? So all of time and all of space. Sitting out there in a big blue box. Please, don't even argue. Merry Christmas, Doctor. Merry Christmas, Clowns Wald. <laughs> You know what's rarer? Second chances. I never get a second chance, so what happened this time? Don't even know who to thank. And I just should mention that the, I thought the music played a, um, a larger part in this story than um than perhaps other episodes this past year it it seemed a little it it seemed more noticeable at least excuse me um that um you know more heavy more um impactful in this story than uh perhaps in previous ones right and, and maybe of course they have to pay for copyright music copyright on this one so they perhaps Used less music in the others to compensate. Sorry, Carl. Yeah, and I want to. And no, I, I just want to comment on something that Dave had said uh, a little bit earlier about listening. Once you've seen it, when I was listening to that clip and hearing the music with the TARDIS uh, dematerializing, I agree with what you said in the way that it actually, you know, enhanced everything. So yes, I, I mean, I agree with that absolutely. All right, well... Um, uh, uh, Sat Manager says the DVD uh, is released in the US on the 17th of February. Thank you, Sat Manager. So just as we're coming off of Valentine's Day, we can enjoy Christmas again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, I think we fully explored um, everything that we can explore with this episode. I'm trying to think of this anything else um, that we might have missed, but... Nope, I um, think... I think we've reached the Satsuma moment. <laughs> um, as always, if you want to have your say about um, this episode or anything relating to Doctor Who, your feedback is always welcomed, and we're going to get to your feedback in, in our next episode. Uh, you can feel free to call the Pachak Public Call Box at 206-337-4699, but I urge you to go to pachak.net and um, there's a tab there for feedback just to verify that number to see if it's still the same because it, it may or may not be changing. You could also send your feedback to feedback at net. 
um, again, we want to hear what you have to say about last Christmas or any um, any story or anything relating to Doctor Who um, or or to the podcast. We always uh, invite feedback. And um, Kyle, I want to thank you for joining us. I, I know um, you were waiting there for a while there, but it's always I'm always appreciative on your well, and feedback. Absolutely, and I want to say something real quick in closing. Since this is the last live show of 2014, I wanted to say to both you, Lewis, and to you, Dave, it has been my total, complete pleasure to do uh, this series eight and call in with you guys. It has been a pleasure this year, and I look forward to 2015. Absolutely. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you for that comment, and thank you for your input. Yes. Absolutely. Well, it, um, as everyone knows, Dave is on the Cultum Collective. You can catch him at 2 p.m. on Sundays um, doing a live show. If you miss the live show, it's always available on iTunes and uh, other places where podcasts live. Uh, you, you know, you can subscribe to it. They, uh, I'm assuming they, they just reviewed last Christmas as well this afternoon. So give a listen there. And, um, and Ian should be joining us again shortly um, as we return uh, to some studio recordings of Doctor Who Pachak. And a Happy New Year to everyone, to, uh, to you, Dave, and to you, um, um, Kyle, and to all our listeners. Uh, I'm wishing you all the best in, um, in health and um, prosperity for the new year. Indeed. Thank Absolutely. you all. Thank you. Thank you, our live listeners and all those in the future. And if it's uh, 2050 when you're listening to this, uh, hello. <laughs> hello, goodbye, and hello, present. <laughs> and, if you're, and if we're still uh, doing this in 2050, perhaps... Perhaps you're dreaming and, and we're not real. <laughs> it could be Jenna Coleman in 62 years listening. It could be. All right. So I, I think that's going to uh, do it for our show. So thanks, everyone, and uh, cheers until next year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Doctor Who Podshock, presented to you by the fan-run GallifreyNMC.org. Doctor Who is owned and trademarked by the BBC. Doctor Who Podshock is not affiliated with the BBC in any way. Doctor Who Podshock theme music by Jeff Smith at thejeffsmith.com. This has been a production of Art Trap Productions and has been made possible by supporting subscribers and donations from listeners like you. This podcast is also supported by the Podchuck Podcast Companion app now in the iTunes App Store. Visit ArtTrap.com for more information on this and other podcasts. We can stand about arguing whether I'm real or not, or uh, are we going to get busy saving Christmas? Oh, oh, Santa goes badass. Oh, he's giving me the feels. Shut up. That's a that's a verbal warning. Please stop it. <laughs>